Ah, one has to turn the microphone on for it to work. Inspiration. The process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. The drawing in of breath. Inhalation. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Another Way. I'm your host, KJ Bell. It's crazy on my end. I don't know about yours, but um, I'm behind as usual. (laughs) I'm always behind. I just looked at the clock and was like, oh, my God. Crap. Have to. ah." So naturally, I sat down to record the podcast. (laughs) Because that's what you need. You need to hear my my random scramblings of panic. (laughs) So today we're talking about inspiration. Yes, inspiration. Because I've talked quite a bit about how we have this idea in our culture of the lonely artist sitting in the tower and waiting for the inspiration to come and to strike, and then they scribble like mad and blah, blah, blah. I've talked about that and how it's not true. So I thought we'd delve a little bit deeper into that today, just a smidge. I have this thing where I try to reconcile the difference between inspiration and aspiration. And it's it's a it's there's an article that my uh, writing partner and I have been shooting back and forth to each other on this very topic for um, months, and we can't get it quite right. But the gist of it is, is and it's it's what I've talked about before. It's the idea of inspiration can come from going somewhere and doing things that are spontaneous, but. Aspiration is the idea of of doing the work, of staying in the same place and doing the routine and blah, blah, blah. And finding the balance between those two can sometimes be tricky. But it's, it's a necessary balance that we have to find, you know. And the other thing that's tricky about that is sometimes... The things that you do for inspiration can become routine and can kind of get bogged down, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, there's a uh, there's a restaurant in town where I live, where I like to go and I like to write. And when I first started doing it, it was like, oh, it's new and it's exciting and it's ooh. And now it's just sort of part of my routine. So I find that I don't get inspired in the same way when I'm there anymore. It's, it's much more like a, like a, it's like an office where I go to write now. And again, that's not a bad thing. It's, it's like, I think it's like any other relationship where you have a period where it's like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome and so good. And like honeymoon period. And then you have to settle and kind of get into like a routine and a rhythm that works at least I assume that's how most relationships work. <laughs> but, you know. I'm having one of those moments where I'm thinking the podcast is going to go completely differently than I had planned. Because I did plan today, finally. <laughs> I, have a, I have a list. I have a bulleted list right in front of me. And I think it's going to go out the window. But that happens. It's inspiration is striking, you know, whatever. Um, 
but going back to that whole thing of relationships, you know, I'm just thinking about the relationships that the relationship. Um, and I'm not talking just romantic relationships, although that is a big component of it. Right now I'm thinking about the relationships I have with a couple of really good friends of mine. How in the beginning it's just a constant discovery of something new about that person and you're just you're having a good time and it's like oh my gosh you like this I like that too oh my gosh you don't like that well I do love that and just this it's it's a constant firing of newness you know but then you settle in once you've known somebody for a long time you don't necessarily have those new discoveries all the time about them although they, they do come up it's it's funny what um what I discover about friends of mine that I've known for years. It's like, really? Okay. It's surprising, but it doesn't happen as often. And in fact, I would say it's more surprising for that very fact because it is such a rarity. But you settle into a routine and it becomes sort of comfortable and you you are able to connect deeper. And I think this connects back to this whole discussion of inspiration versus aspiration. Because if you are constantly working on something, like if every, whenever I am consistently writing at my desk in my house, I am consistently getting work done. And sometimes it's, you do get stuck in a rut. And that's where going outside can help. And just having that new environment wherever you go can have that insp- it it can make it seem like the inspiration is coming quicker simply because you're stimulated by something new and that's why it's important to take those those artist dates that I talked about a couple weeks ago from from the artist way because like Julia Cameron says it's sort of a filling the well sort of an idea so if you're doing the routine constantly the aspiration you are emptying out that well of ideas, but going out and, and experiencing other things fills it, the inspiration. And I know I'm maybe not using the word aspiration in the proper um, context here. Hang on, let me go to, let me just type into Google to get a definition of that too. A hope or ambition of achieving something. The process, oh my God. Okay, okay, okay. I love these moments. So the second declaration of inspiration that I'm looking at right here is the drawing in of breath inhalation, which I hope you heard the smile in my voice as I read that at the beginning. And then I'm looking at aspiration here. And the second definition of is the action or process of drawing breath. (gasps) Okay. Yes, this is exactly what I'm talking about here. I like this. I like this a lot. Inspiration can lead to the aspiration. This is it works in the context I'm thinking too. Okay, I I am stretching it a little bit because because the idea I'm presenting to you is that inspiration is you know the idea of spontaneity and variety and and um, blah blah blah, and the idea of aspiration is is routine and consistency and work, working toward a goal. And it's not wrong. It's just not the rightest definition, I think, in the way that I'm using aspiration. But if we think about it in that breath context, I really like this idea. Because it fits with that idea of of inspiration turning into aspiration over time. Inspiration plus time equals aspiration, maybe? 
E equals MC squared. <laughs> but it's important to find inspiration. And I do think that there are times, if you're, if you're anything like me, there are times where you have to go looking for it. Because I, can, I, was, I was just writing about this <laughs> in my practice last night about how I just, some days I just wish the world would leave me alone. And I could just stay in my house and only go out when I want to and not have anybody talk to me because <laughs> I'm a hermit. And I know that's not like good. I know I've, I've seen the studies that show that that's bad for you. So I'm not advocating it. But I'm just saying it's, it's a tendency I have. So you have to go out and seek the inspiration sometimes. And... um. Going out and seeking that, it doesn't mean necessarily leaving the... (laughs) Someday I won't trip over my tongue. It doesn't necessarily mean leaving the house all of the time. You know, books are a fantastic way. Documentaries are a fantastic way. I always say that the day that I stop learning is the day that I die. Because I never want to not be learning stuff. I hate being, and this is just something that's happened as I have uh, become older. I used to love being the smartest person in the room. I loved it. Now, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to find somebody who is smarter than me and talk to that person. And I think that takes time to get to that place. Um, It's funny, in a similar vein, I was talking to... uh, a friend of mine the other day about about a couple of choirs that we sing in and she had ended up next to somebody who sings very very well and has a doctorate in like choral and vocal technique and she said it was just nice to sing next to somebody who um is a lot better than me and i said yeah that must be nice <laughs> i'm i'm that person in a lot of the choirs i sing in um And I don't want to be. I enjoy singing with people who are better than me because it makes me better. And it's the same for learning. If you find people who are smarter than you, you become smarter. So you just have to do a lot of learning. And whatever that means to you, you know, taking classes or reading books or just going out and walking around. I've been doing this thing lately uh, in the town where I live because I'm... I'm moving very soon. And I realize that there's a lot of the town that I've never seen before. So I've been doing this thing lately where I've just been taking walks just in the neighborhoods and just looking. And it's amazing the buildings that I have walked by a thousand times before and never really seen. It just is is shocking to me. But I, I see, I saw a house the other day that I was like, oh my God, that is the house that I have been thinking of for this uh this one of the the writing projects I have this is the house that I have been trying to envision and now seeing it on the street it's like okay that helps so you just got to get out and, and find stuff and here's the thing about the artist date concept first of all it, there's a lot of misunderstanding about it I think it it doesn't have to be something that you pay for it can be just it can be just walking around the neighborhood and looking at things Whatever gives you more to pull from for your art, that is that is considered an artist state. And here's where we get into inspiration, influencing aspiration sometimes. 
sometimes you will see something that you won't even, or hear something or read something that you won't even think about at the time. And then it will bubble up as you're practicing your art. Um, I'm having a hard time thinking of examples at the moment. Oh, well, like half the examples I give on the podcast. Because, you know, I start I start every episode with the idea of what I'm going to do. And most of the time I have my lovely bulleted idea list thing here. But the examples that come up just bubble up out of my head a lot of the time. Like that thing about walking in the neighborhoods. I had no intention of talking about that. That's nowhere on my list here. But it bubbled up because... That's what inspiration does when combined with aspiration. There are people who are very, I'm sure there are people who are going to listen to this podcast and are going to be very strict with me about my, my lax uses of the, of the, of these terms, but that's okay. Tweet me and tell me how wrong I am at that KJ Bell. I think we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the stereotypes of inspiration that we have in our culture and how to get out of that. So as always, the podcast is brought to you by Great Grand Projects, a creative collective of artists on the web at greatgrandprojects.com and brought to you by Horizon Creative Studio, the home of another way. Go on to horizoncreativestudio.com and you can check out links to my teaching philosophy. You can There's even a calendar thing so you can see what all I'm doing. Um, you can go in and look at, look at the workshop offerings. You can look at what I offer as far as music lessons, blah, blah, blah. And you can listen to old episodes of the podcast. So that's very exciting. <sighs> yes. So greatgrandprojects.com and horizoncreativestudio.com. And we're back. So, inspiration. And I just like saying it that way. It also, when I do that rolled R thing, it looks really cool on the uh, audio file on the program I'm recording. Inspiration. That's fun. I couldn't do that when I first started singing. When I first joined choirs and the director was like, roll the R or flip the R. I was like, what does that mean? I don't understand. And then she demonstrated and I was like, I have no idea how to, how to, how to do that. And now I can do it if I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it because now I'm thinking about it. Anyway, I said we were going to talk about some of the stereotypes of inspiration. And, you know, I, I mention it so frequently, it's, it, it's, I'm going to have to stop but that idea of the lonely artist in the tower. And if you just look back at history, there is this tendency for us to think that artists are very damaged and that's how they get inspiration. Like you can't be a good artist if you're not some sort of alcoholic, a- addict, depressed person. Um, and that's not true. <laughs> I read this thing the other day that said something about, um, it was talking about that stereotype about pain serving as inspiration. And the idea I had was that it makes sense that we would think that because we are evolutionarily designed to remember negative things. And I've talked about this before, about how, you know, if you remember the negative stuff, you're not you're not going to do it again. 
if you have a really good day, but then you get electrocuted, you're going to remember the thing that that electrocuted you. You're not going to remember the fantastic breakfast you had that morning. You're going to remember how you got electrocuted. Because that will theoretically help you to not get electrocuted in the future. So it makes sense that we would think that the painful things inspire us more than the happy things. Because we focus on the painful more often than not. And you can look throughout history and see the countless artists who have been taken down by things like depression and suicide and, and alcoholism. And, and just it's, it's a really depressing list if you look at it the wrong way. There is a fantastic TED Talk by um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote uh, Eat, Pray, Love. And it's after that book came out, and she was talking about the idea of creative genius. And it doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means. Because she was talking about the pressure of having written that that uh, best-selling book and how how she was trying to confront the idea that her be- that her most successful work was probably behind her. And I don't remember exactly where, how she got to it, but there's the idea that she found of, um, it's an ancient Greek and Roman idea of the genius. I think that's what the Romans called it, and the Greeks called it a daemon. And it was this idea that the artist was not alone, that there was a... S- a separate entity that lived kind of in the in the walls of the artist's studio and came out and helped. And and the comparison that, that Elizabeth Gilbert makes is uh, she compares it to Dobby the house elf in the Harry Potter series that comes out of the walls and, and, and helps to um, work with the art. And she talks about that idea of, of how somewhere along the way, between ancient Greece and Rome and today, it became... The idea of genius stopped meaning that extra thing and st- and became applied to the artist. And that puts a lot of pressure on the artist. And her theory is that that's where we get a lot of um, the behavior that a lot of that pressurized uh, view of art that tends to drag artists down and... and if you think that the world is on your shoulders, of course, there's going to be more stress and more pressure, whether you are conscious of it or not. And the second I saw that TED Talk, it was it was just amazing because I started trying to think about the idea of having a separate entity helping me. And it is so weird because it helps so much. If you... I, th- I think... It, I. Part of the what I think appeals to me is the idea of it. It kind of harkens back to having an imaginary friend as a kid, which I always enjoyed having a gigantic imagination as I do. But it really does kind of help you not feel as alone in the creating, because there, at the end of the day, art and your practices can be very lonely, because it's something that you're doing. Even if you're collaborating with someone, there's a certain point where you have to be sitting and doing it, uh, doing it alone to a certain extent. Whether it's it's you know reading, you know just thinking about the relationship I have with my writing partner, we um, we will write together. But a lot of the work that we do is I is writing on our own and then coming together and sort of meshing it. And I would say that the I would say the ratio is probably. 
70% of us on our own and 30% together. And in that 70% is us editing each other's things. But for the most part, it's, 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 we're alone in a room with just us in the pen. And so it can be a very lonely idea. But if you think of that idea of having a, of having a genius that can help bring you inspiration, I find it very helpful. I write to mine every day. The way that I start my morning pages out is I, the very first thing I write every day is that mantra I say at the end of every podcast, you know, it's okay to be an artist. It's okay to create. It's okay to be exactly as you are right now. It's okay. You're okay. I'm okay. I write that every day because it is so important to me. Then I write a little thing that I stole from uh, RuPaul, which is, uh, Dear Universe, I, I ask that you help guide my thoughts, feelings, and perceptions. I release this day to you. Um, and sometimes I vary that depending on how I'm feeling. So it's it's basically a prayer that I'm writing um, in all my, <laughs> well, listen to the Faith podcast and episode and you can uh, dive deeper into that. And then the next thing I write every single day is a letter to my genius and it's usually something along the lines of, Dear Genius, I come to the page to meet you. And um, at its simplest form, it is, it's that. Dear Genius, I come to the page to meet you. I hope that we can use our time together to do some worthwhile creating. Let's begin. And some days it's, Dear Genius, I come to the page to meet you. I'm sorry that we didn't get as much done as I wanted to yesterday. Um, Dear Genius, I come to the page to meet you. I, I hope that you can help me um, pull myself out of this rut or whatever, you know. Since I've been doing that, I found it very helpful. It's strange and it's bizarre, but it, it, it helps. It really does. It takes, it takes some of the pressure off of me. And I find myself getting more inspired. It's like brainstorming with another person without having another person. And maybe that sounds schizophrenic to you, but I don't care. <laughs> you know, what's funny, too, is there have been times where I've had to get up at a, at a certain time and I have asked my genius to get me up and it'll wake me up. Now, whatever part of the brain, you know, make your arguments that I'm just tapping into some other conscious part of me and it's not a separate entity. Whatever you want to believe, it helps me to think that I have a separate entity, an imaginary friend, if you will. Um, guardian angel, whatever word you want to use for this, I really like the idea of it, and it's helpful. One of the stories that uh, Elizabeth Gilbert tell, tell, tells in that TED Talk is um, about, oh, and I've forgotten the name. It was somebody, some famous singer-songwriter, and she was, she told this story that she'd heard once about um, he was sitting in traffic and a verse, like a melody came through his head and uh, he, she said he, the way that it was told is he looked up at the sky and said, can't you see I'm driving? Come back later. <laughs> and it's funny because I've done that. Another another thing she, she talked about in that that I love was she was talking about a poet and she said that uh, the poet would talk about how the poem would come through her. And there was a time where she 
would be like in a in a field on the farm where she lived and she could feel the poem coming and she would race to the house and try to get a pen fast enough and there would be times where she 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 would go in and she'd get the pen and she would be right on time and the poem would move through her and there would be other times where she wouldn't be fast enough and it would pass through her to go to the next poet and then there were times where she could get there and and um I believe the the thing that was said was she would grab grab the poem with one hand and and write with the other and to keep it from going away. And I just love that idea that um maybe if the idea strikes you at the time it's just and you can't do anything about it, maybe it just wasn't meant for you. Cuz I've had that happen, you know, you know it happens constantly like when I'm going to sleep. And this is why I keep a notebook next to the bed so that I can scribble quickly an idea that I have. But, you know, I can't think of any right now because, of course, they're gone. But there have been times where it's like, oh, my God, that's such a good idea. I'm too tired to get up and write it down, but I will remember it tomorrow. And then I don't even remember that I had the idea. And you can, I mean, we can make arguments as to whether there's some sort of big collective bank that all artists draw from and that's where all ideas come from and it's just a matter of who gets the idea at the time but it's all coming from the same place you can make the argument for or against that idea but I like it (laughs) I think anything that you can do to take the pressure off of yourself to take away that idea that you have to constantly be inspired and have to constantly come up with the inspiration by yourself. I think that is fantastic and really can stop you from going into spirals. I know it, it has, it, it's made me a lighter person since I've started thinking about some of these things in this way. It's made me less of a perfectionist I think because I'm not so worried about about uh, I'm not so worried about things it has also made me much less jealous and this is not the only uh, reason that I'm I'm less this way you know I used to be I used to there was a guy I went to school with for undergrad who uh, would always talk about he was a composer And he would always talk about, yes, I'm a composer and I'm working on this piece. And at the time, as blocked as I was and as unwilling to allow myself to create as I was, I just remember thinking, who are you to call yourself that? How dare you? (laughs) And I was just like. You've, you haven't had anything published and like, what, what's, how do you, how do you, why are you calling yourself a composer? And it was, it was pure jealousy because I wanted to be calling myself a composer, but I didn't feel like I'd earned it. And we don't have to earn it. We just have to be it. And maybe that's tangential to inspiration. But since I've been thinking about this idea of inspiration coming when it, you can ask for it. That's the other thing about the genius idea. Is you, 
<laughs> it's so silly. It sounds so silly. But there have been times where I've said out loud, help me. And it happens. I get an idea that helps me. That helps me. I get help. And again, make whatever argument you will. You know, the person I was a couple of years ago would argue with me now to no end about how stupid all of this sounds. But if it works, it works. You know, the CD player in my car right now, I have to hit it. Like, I have to hit the eject button and then I have to smack the dash for it to eject the CD. Like, that's not how the thing is supposed to function. But that's how it works. And yes, I can go and get a new new stereo and fix the problem. But what I'm doing is working. And that's, prob- that's probably a really labored metaphor. But the point is, <laughs> don't let anybody else including me, tell you what you need to do for your own inspiration. If something inspires you, it inspires you. And don't be embarrassed by it. Don't try to dismiss it. Just go with it. You know, I'm, I I think I've talked about this. I've recently got an Instagram and I'm doing this project where I'm trying to take a, a photo every day and post it onto the Instagram. You can follow me at that KJ Bell, by the way, if you want to see that um and so i'm doing a lot of that on these walks that i talked about where i'm walking around the neighborhood and because it because of the nature of the time of year it is it's spring there's a lot of flowers coming up and i keep um taking photos of of flowers and i'm like that that line from devil wears prada runs through my head and it's actually what i've been captioning a lot of these with florals for spring groundbreaking but if it is pretty why shouldn't I? If it's inspiring to me, why shouldn't I? There's no reason not to. So, go out, find your inspiration, combine it with aspiration, and you should get somewhere. Yeah. I guess that's the point of the day, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so check out horizoncreativestudio.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at thatkjbell. And uh, let me know you're listening. Rate us on the iTunes, too. Rate the podcast. That's supposed to do something about, like, promotion or something. I don't know. But let me know you're listening and that you're enjoying or not enjoying. Maybe you're not enjoying, in which case you should stop listening. (laughs) all right folks it is okay to be an artist it is okay to create it is okay to be exactly as you are right now it is okay you are okay and i am okay